This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Welcome to a new week of After 9. And thank you to everybody who DM'd about Friday's episode. <laughs> Just so you're aware, Kat, I was at Longo's on the weekend and I spotted the cones again. You saw the cones? Did you die laughing? Was there blood everywhere? Is that why? Was it basically a murder scene or what happened? I almost fell down laughing. Like I was out loud laughing in the meat section at Longo's and people were looking at me like, what's so funny about these prices? Like, <laughs> It's not an inflation thing. It's just hilarious. They have the cones for when somebody drops the eggs. It's great. Anyway, uh, did you have a good weekend? Yeah, I did. It was good. I got a lot of stuff done yesterday, and then I enjoyed the weather quite a lot. It was good. It was nice to have that nice weather because it hasn't fallen in line with a weekend, I've noticed. Anytime we had nice warm temperatures, it hasn't been the weekend until this past weekend, so it was great. Thank you. How was uh, Meet the Parents Night there? Ah, it Meet was... the Fockers. Was that good? <laughs> Meet the Foxers. <laughs> Meet the Foxers. Uh, my dad was over on Saturday, and the in-laws were over, and they met for the first time, and that was good. It all went very, very well, but um, I-, I think everybody was a little nervous, so the-, the drinks were flowing, and yeah, you know, it's tough when you have people over, and, and it happens during the day, but then it carries on till night, because what is it they always say? Pace yourself. And I tried this time. I really, really tried to pace myself. The problem is I didn't know how long I had to pace myself for. And that's relevant information. Uh, yeah. And especially in the afternoon with the sun shining. Yeah. And, you know, and it hits it hits different. Sure it does. Well, I didn't do anything too ridiculous. But there was a couple of things where her family just probably thinks I'm a fucking idiot. I, uh, for example... He asked for an espresso and, and I'm happy to do that. Hey, anytime you come over, they're flowing freely. So I went inside, made him an espresso, forgot who it was for and drank it. I, I walked back outside about 15 minutes later and he said, did you get that espresso? And I thought, shit, I drank it. So I tried to act like nothing happened. I'm like, oh, no, 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 it's ready. I'll go get it. Ran inside, tried to make another one. Made a quickie. <laughs> but then at that point, I was like half in the bag and I spilled oh, half of it, no. bringing it to him. And uh, hopefully somebody else picked up the, the slack and made him a coffee because he certainly deserved it. Uh, either way, it was a good weekend, though, Kat. I had a great time. Good. It was uh, nice to get that good weather in. And here we are with a brand new week. It is for anybody who's not already out the last week of school for mm-hmm. teachers and administrators and, and education staff. Holy shit. When you think back to September, there weren't a lot of people that were optimistic this school year was going to go off without a hitch, that people would be in from September till June uninterrupted. And they basically were other than that one weird week in January. And that's a testament to hard work by the education staff and the students and everybody buying in to make it work. And when we all say we don't want restrictions, we don't want masks, we don't want, don't want, don't want, and focus on doing it properly, it can be done. So let's remember these lessons when it comes to next fall and the bullshit starts circulating once again. Good job, everybody. Enjoy your summer. 
I know today's the last day for some public school students. Some of the Catholic kids go right till Wednesday or Thursday. But either way, by the end of the week, everybody's done. Lots to talk about here, Kat. Everybody that I spoke to this weekend had the same thing to say to me. Did you hear about what's going on in the States? Did you hear about the States? Yeah, how messed up is that? It's fucking messed up. Yeah, it is messed up. It's really messed up. This is 2022. And I really, really thought that we were at... Actually, I should tell people exactly what's going on. Uh, The U.S. Supreme Court has overturned the Roe v. Wade decision, which is... Was it like 30 years old, 40 years old? I I don't even remember when the original ruling came down. But either way, that was federal protection for abortion rights in America. And in overturning that, basically what that's done is put it down to the state level. And some states may opt to continue offering abortion services. Some will not. And it's almost always going to be along political lines. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some, some Republican states that are, they've been waiting for this. And they've already set their legislation to tie in with the Supreme Court legislation. As soon as the Supreme Court rules, their laws in their state change. There's other states who aren't going to change anything. And it it doesn't mean that you can't get an abortion in America, but it certainly does restrict Mm -hmm. your access to them. And it means there's a lot of people that are going to have to travel a little bit to get one done if they want to. Does it change anything for like Plan B pills, for example, and and how how that works? I'm just curious because if if you're thinking about getting an abortion for any reason. And by the way, this is mainly those who are, I, I think some people don't realize how, how this can work for women. There's many different ways that this can, that this can happen. You can decide right away after you've had sex, or maybe you had a sexual assault experience or any of the above right away. Here we go. Let me try to fix this and, and, and deal with it that way. But there are a lot of people who go almost, almost a full term Realizing something is wrong with the baby, they're at risk of dying if they attempt to give birth to the baby. And that's another reason why they may they may end it early. So there's a lot of different reasons. And, and what this does is it forces you. You have no choice. You have no choices at all in those particular states to do it. And it's it's such a shame. You know, I was reading so many stories about people who particularly that that is that sucks it's seeing those stories of people who say i would have probably died if i had to continue on because this is what happened with my with my baby do they consider all those factors when they and i say they i suppose i mean supreme those in the supreme court make those decisions i don't know but it's just so it's messed up and and there's going to be a lot of dangerous things that follow this that said how many states are going to do it for sure do we know do we even have like early numbers have any has anyone stepped forward to say this is happening here yeah i mean i'm I'm really not that invested in it in that kind of detail in America because it's an American thing. It's not a Canadian thing. Thank and goodness. Thank goodness. I mean, in Canada, abortion is neither legal nor illegal. We don't actually have a law on the books about abortion. So it's not actually enshrined in right, but it's also not against the law. And nobody has any desire, nearest I can tell, to change that. Nobody with a serious chance of winning anyway. So... I don't think that this is an issue that's going to impact us that much in Canada. I really don't. However, in the States, yeah, it makes things more tricky. I'm going to guess it's roughly half of the States will say, nope, this is a, uh, an illegal abortion state and you cannot have the procedure performed. And in some states, hell, if you drive a woman to the clinic to get the abortion, you're an accessory to murder, essentially. Uh, so they're coming down really hard on on that Jeez. in certain states. Others, they're just going to make it illegal. Others will continue on offering, offering the procedures as they're available now. It's uh, it's just really unfortunate that they weren't able to compromise because it's gotten to a really 
polarized point down there. And Americans are they're fighting in the streets about it. There were protests around the world, but specifically in America this weekend that I haven't seen protests like that in in many, many, many Mm -hmm. years. Some of them got violent. And I have a feeling this is going to continue happening until America figures out how to do this properly. Is the solution just to leave it up to your local state government? Maybe. Is the the right way to go about it to just overall blanket guarantee that women can make whatever medical choices they want for their body? Huh, that would be lovely. I don't know that they'll ever do that. I'm not sure that they ever will. Uh, are, are they ever going to maybe try and find a compromise, i.e. abortion is legal up until whatever date they say, the, the end of the second trimester, and after that it's got to be signed off on by two medical professionals? Like, is, is there any compromising there? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's just one extreme to the other, constantly back and forth. And this game is going to continue in America. They have a system where Supreme Court justices are appointed for life. And they're appointed by the president of the day. And the president always appoints someone who agrees with him. So Trump had an opportunity and it was a rare opportunity to appoint, I think it was three conservative justices. Uh, Joe Biden, if somebody leaves the bench, will have an opportunity to appoint someone who's on the left. And this game is just going to continue with justices figuring out their retirements based on life cycles. Uh, There's some who, uh, uh, you know what, I'm I'm not going to explain the That's whole U.S. system up. of government. But, yeah, they sit for life. And I didn't realize that part. So is there any strategy to it then? I'm sitting there. If I, I'm thinking if I'm sitting there and this was not a unanimous decision, correct? No, no. It so wasn't. if I'm sitting there and I'm highly against this, if I'm sitting on the Supreme Court knowing I'm here for life, do I take a risk and say, then take me off the bench so that you can appoint someone who might vote against this? Is there ever a chance for a revote for this is my question. I, they have to come to the court with a reasonable argument. I mean, this was argued in front of the court. I know people saw the ruling and thought, oh, here's just a bunch of people that sat around and decided to change the law. No, they hear legal arguments, but they have to come up with a new way to challenge the existing law. Hmm. And there's people who spend all day and all night trying to figure out how to get various causes in front of the Supreme Court because it is the fastest way to effect change next to the president signing an executive order. And you can't have an executive order on all matters of business. So in this case, people kept trying to challenge it at the Supreme Court. They got the federal law overturned. And now it's up to the individual states to decide if they're going to allow it. A lot of people consider this a win. A lot of people consider it a loss. I'm just frustrated that 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 there was just not something done that the U.S. government and I mean the entire Congress, the president, the House, the Senate, that everybody couldn't sit down in a room and say, We believe that women have the ultimate authority over their bodies, and here's how we're going to enshrine that into law can't be overturned. Because eventually, this is going to get overturned again. There will be a scenario where a, a Democrat judge, sorry, a Democrat president gets to appoint enough judges that then there's more Democrats than Republicans on the Supreme Court, and they'll overturn it as probably the first thing they do. Or they can just sit down and agree on something. And surely to God, the one thing we can agree on is that a woman has the right to make her own medical choices. I don't understand people who don't understand that. To me, that just doesn't make sense. But America's just as broken as we are uh, for different reasons. But their system doesn't work, clearly. It's, it's not scary. working. Yeah. And, and there's so many people that feel scared and disenfranchised. And, yeah. and even if they... 
they likely would never seek out an abortion themselves. They'd like to know that they at least have the right to make those choices should that situation ever present itself. And right now they're feeling like they don't. For their children. Like, make, you know what I mean? What do you want? It's uh, it's terrible. Yeah, I'm, I'm frustrated for America. I'm frustrated for the world because it certainly does send a horrible message. Uh, one of the things that's come from this, I remember this the last time it came up too, they're threatening a national sex boycott. They think that a great way to try and influence the decision making here is for oh. women to refuse to have sex with men. I mean, mm-hmm. you can do that if you want. Uh, it's Anybody. not really going to affect me. I, I, I have a partner and I don't think she's going to stop. But in, in any case, I if you want to do that sort of thing, fine. But it's ridiculous that it has to come to that. It's ridiculous that Americans are, are having to do their own little civil disobedience or civil protest in refusing their partner sex because some totally disconnected assholes in Washington decided they wanted to make a political statement. And that's all this is. It's a political statement. And it's messing with so many people's lives. So many people's lives, Kat. I I just don't understand where they're coming from on that. I don't understand. I actually don't even agree with the decision. I'm one of the few who actually sat and read the decision. And it doesn't make sense to me. I don't agree with the argument Mm. that they're agreeing to. But anyway, here we are. Uh, abortion is now a state decision in America, and there's already states that have said no. There's already clinics down there closing. That's how quickly it got done. So you know they're not thinking, oh, okay, another week or two, and then the Senate will vote, and then we can have, it, have the rights back. No, this is it's going to be this way for a long time. If you're hoping that by organizing marches and protests, and you have every right to do that, I just don't know that it's going to change anything quickly, and that's just going to add to the frustration. But there's U.S. elections coming up in the spring, in the fall. Yeah, midterm elections, I believe, are this fall. So uh, we'll see how much of a political issue that becomes and whether or not they can change it anyway. I'm really not sure that they can. But we'll move on because there's a lot of other things to do. Uh, no, I did not propose on the weekend, by the way, as you were not so subtly suggesting I oh, might. Yeah, me? Who are you looking at me? Oh, why are you looking at me? That's weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You're talking to me? Oh. Huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, just quickly, I, I know that these things are stupid and we don't give them any real credibility or anything like that. But uh, another couple of Guinness World Records were just broken. Okay. This one is in the drinking category. A man from New York drank a liter of Mountain Dew. Or is it a two liter? What's the big pop bottle? I think Those that's a liter. Like, I think that's a liter. Is it a liter? I think so. Question mark. He drank a liter of Mountain Dew. In 6.8 seconds. That's too too much. That's so much carbonate. How do you drink carbonated drinks that fast? I don't understand that. Yeah, uh, I'd love to understand what the inside of your body looks like. I almost wish they could have been doing like thermal scans or something like that. So you can just see like, oh, here's the point where his liver exploded. And here's the part (laughs) where his pancreas just came right out his bum and all that sort of thing. I'd like to see where his organs were like, what the fuck is going on? I want out of here now. The gas buildup. I feel like the guy would float away after he did that. (laughs) Six, Six seconds and change. That's insanity. Okay. He also drank a liter of tomato juice because Americans, they don't, Americans are so sheltered. If you're from America, you got to come up here and grab yourself some Clamato juice because it's way, way, way better than tomato juice. A Caesar is superior to a Bloody Mary in every way. But he drank a liter of tomato juice in a minute and 18 seconds. Again, I feel like you might as well have just drank it yeah. right on the toilet because it would have been going straight through you and out the yeah. other end. Was there vodka in it at least? No. no. Oh, like he drank shame. it 
fucker drink. It's great. <laughs> Did he have the, the celery stock that came on top of it? Does <laughs> that count? These records, do they still make, I assume yes, they still make those big like coffee table uh, Guinness record books, right? Do they still publish those every year? I think year? so, yeah. Because when you do look through them, because you're probably listening to what Scott just told you and went, well, that's strange. How does that even happen? It's amazing the amount of people that are able to get someone out. Like you and I could sit here right now and probably go through that book from 2021, let's say. We take a look through that book and go, you and I could probably do this. And all you need to do is make sure you get someone out from Guinness. Imagine that job too. Your job is- Watching people do dumb shit. Watch people do dumb shit. That's your title. Sometimes it's cool shit, that said. Sometimes it's watch people do cool shit. Sometimes it's watch people do dumb shit. And their job is to travel at the expense of Guinness and company, whoever the fuck owns them. I don't know if that's who it's owned by technically is Guinness. I assume so. You get to travel and, and just watch people do shit. That's what you do. And just confirm that shit happened. <laughs> yep, the shit happened. Great. I'll collect my paycheck now. Like, how do I get that job? That sounds great. Mm-hmm. Except for when you have to watch someone chug a liter of, of Mountain Dew. That doesn't sound fun. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Kat, tell me about the day you first sat in the driver's seat and got behind the wheel of a car. Was it your mom or your dad or a sibling that was teaching you? Who said, today's the day Kat's going to learn how to drive an automobile? My dad. My dad has so much patience and had patience with all three of us. My mom could not handle it at all. Did not. Still, after I got my license, my mom still freaks out when I'm behind the wheel of the car and she's with me. Well, your she, mom's always your mom and you're still a toddler in her eyes in a lot of ways. Probably part of it. Um, but my dad was always very good with it. And it was a it was a Beretta. It was a Chevy Beretta for Atta those girl. wondering that I learned in, which had a se- <laughs> severe issues. Like it was with an old, AM, FM and a cassette player. Dude, it was old when I was driving it because this was, I don't know, 2000 and whatever it was, 2002 ish that I turned 16. So we would go to the Walmart parking lot or whatever parking lot was available. And probably Zellers back then. Probably Zellers. <laughs> You're close, probably. And I remember this fucking thing. If I didn't put my, my foot on the brake the entire time, if you just eased up, it would automatically start going like 50 kilometers an hour. Like something, this car was messed. But anyway. They was, don't make those powerful V6 <laughs> engines anymore, do they? It was insane. But yeah, no, my dad, my dad uh, taught me. And then I took the courses and things like that too. But he, I was behind the wheel with him first. I'm trying to remember who the hell gave me my first driver's lesson. I think it was a friend. Yeah? The first time I was in the car, I'm pretty sure it was with a friend. And he put me through the ropes and yeah, here's how you drive. But we weren't in a Walmart parking lot. You were on the road? We were on the actual road. Oh, geez. No, that would scare the shit out of me. At the time, I was freaked out. Yeah, we had, we had pulled into a gas station and he's like, well, it's your turn. Pull out onto the street and then start driving. And don't put your foot on the gas. Just take your foot off the brake and let's let it coast. Yeah. And once you get comfortable, then you're going to start to give it a little gas. And then you're going to practice braking. Then a little more gas. Then you're going to practice braking. And that was actually a really efficient way of doing it. Now, what I don't recommend anyone does is how Ben Affleck is training his young son <laughs> how to drive. What a fucking I was, idiot. I was wondering where we were going with this. Guys, He's such an idiot. This story is hilarious. So... I. I shouldn't even say that the lead up story is hilarious because we really don't know how this happened. But TMZ or I should say paparazzi was around taking pictures of this whole thing. So keep that in mind, guys. There's photos of this from start to finish. 
So Ben Affleck pulls up to a luxury car rental spot. It's actually, it's called 777 Exotics. Some people may know of it. It's like, I think it's like Hollywood area, whatever. It doesn't matter. So they pull up and they decide, hey, family fun day. Let's bring Samuel. So Samuel's a a 10-year-old that Ben shares with Jennifer Garner, right? So they're at this luxury car rental spot. And at some point, Ben was checking out a yellow Lambo or someone was. And the engine was on. And so... Samuel looks around and is like, oh, cool, a Lambo. So he, so Ben at that time was like, yes, yeah, son, why don't you sit in that seat and check this Lambo out? At some point, I'm going to assume by accident, but maybe not by accident, he hit reverse and the car backed up and smashed into a BMW behind it. Fuck. A Lambo? Keep in mind, nobody owns these cars except for the dealership. Nobody's owning, this is not like it's Ben's car. This is the dealership times two, two vehicles, one 10-year-old boy. So it just sort of rolled into the Beamer, though, it, right? Yeah, it wasn't like a head-on collision or anything. It was oh, at the okay. back. So it, it, it was in reverse, smashed into the front left end, from what I could tell, of this BMW. And the look on Ben Affleck's face was hilarious. It was like, oh, shit. Who's at fault there? Ah. Like, not the 10-year-old necessarily, because it's a 10-year-old, right? You can, it, there was no malicious intent from what we could tell. Is it Ben's fault for letting him sit in it? Is it the dealership's fault for not saying anything for letting a 10-year-old sit in it? Who's at fault here? Yeah, I'm probably going to lean more toward definitely Ben's fault. A little bit the, the car rental place's fault. Okay. Mainly J-Lo's fault. <clears throat> Mainly. Mainly. Do you think he threw her under the bus when Jennifer Garner inevitably called because she saw these paparazzi pictures and went, what the fuck were you doing, Ben? First off, that's weird, right? Like when you're at home in Boston and you turn on the news and there's your ex-husband and your kid (laughs) at the scene of a crime. That's fucked up. So I'm sure that there was a call from Jennifer Garner immediately to Ben Affleck after this happened. But in all honesty, like, I mean, we joke about it a little bit, but in all honesty, if I find out my husband lets my kid, who's not 10, but it doesn't matter, lets my kid in the front seat of a car, all the things pop into your head, because that's what happens when you're a parent of what could have gone wrong. What if the Lamborghini backed up into the road and then a car smashed into that car? What if there was no Beamer that was sitting there blocking it from the road? You know, you always go through like the what ifs, what could have happened? What could have happened? So I'm sure as although we're joking in part, Jennifer Garner probably was like, hey, seriously, you let him sit in the front. Can you at least make sure the engine's off next time you want to play games? Well, this is the thing. The engine was running. It was running. Why would you put a kid in the front seat of a Lambo with a running engine? What did you think was going to happen? Now, I don't know the ins and outs of a Lambo because, well. Yeah, (laughs) nor do I. I don't. (laughs) You and me both. (laughs) One of my best friends has one, but he won't even let me sit in the driver's seat. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm older than 10. Yeah. So the most I've done is sit in the passenger seat. <laughs> he let me sit in the driver's seat once. Really? Yeah. Mm. He also has like a monster truck style F-150 and Kat couldn't get up into it because the wheels were so big. I, I needed a ladder. It was bad. It was tragic. In any case, uh, yeah, with the, the, the engine running, dealership, this is half on you. Ben, this is mainly on you for letting your kid do that unsupervised. Uh, is it easy to put it in reverse? Most cars, you've got to put your foot on the brake to put a car in reverse. And I don't know how long this kid was in there screwing around before somebody noticed the car yeah. was rolling, but yeah. a lot went wrong here. Mainly, though, it's JLo's fault. I mean, if she wasn't so goddamn beautiful and sweet, Ben <laughs> would have been paying much more attention to his own kid. So who do you blame? And everyone at the dealership was probably also looking at J-Lo. Right, right? (laughs) 
Oh, shit, there was a kid here, too, a while. Oh, no. Oh, no. In case you're wondering the outcome, the dealership, uh, TMZ obviously asked uh, people at the dealership, and the rep claims there was no accident, even though, like, I mean, there was, but they say... It's all good. The cars were parked too close together. There was no accident, but the car moved. I mean, the car moved into another car. That's all that matters here. They say basically they're trying to take blame for it. Keep keep in mind though, they want to keep Ben and J Lo as clients. Yeah, for all of eternity. No doubt. So they're not going to charge them a single pen, American penny, for that damn crash. Even, and their insurance is insane. Even if the damage, which was minimal, we're talking like a scratch yeah. or two. But on a Beamer, that's a lot. Sure, but even if let's say there was twenty thousand dollars damage, right? They're going to get way more than that in publicity out of this. It's a smart move to yes. just keep it quiet. Oh, sorry. That was our fault. They can privately talk to Ben and Jen if they yeah. really want their 20K. But otherwise, everybody's insured. We're talking multimillionaires all around. Even the 10-year-olds got more money than you and mm-hmm. I ever will. And <laughs> yep. it, it, it's fine. They don't need fine. to make a big deal of it and haul everybody into court over this one. But You know what? I'm sure it was a wake-up call, though. A quick lesson. Like Ben's not going to do that again. Like, it's not going to happen where he's going to be like, yeah, go ahead, son. Well, I mean, he's a raging alcoholic. Usually it's him that's backing ah, into other cars. Hey, he's clean now. <laughs> he's clean. I'm kidding. Billy Ben alone. An informal poll on Twitter asked a question that doesn't get talked about very often, but tis the season that we have these discussions, gentlemen. The guy says, I have a legitimate question that's for the fellas only. Read below and tell me if you agree. Guys, do you shave your nips or leave the hair around them untouched? Cat, 6,000 people took this poll as of yesterday morning. That's a lot of people. Wow, that is actually a decent survey number here. 6,000 people participated. Okay. 58.7% of men say no. They never touch the hair on their nipples. Or any chest hair around there, too. Is, is that legit that 60% of guys don't shave their chest at all? Like not even trim it? I could believe that. I could believe that. Really? Yeah. I find that fascinating. Hair grows in a lot of places that we don't want it. And I don't know. I mean, maybe if we were in the 80s, it would be fine to have a big fucking chest full of hair but, like a goddamn lion or something. But a lot of men but don't. They like just let men, it grow no, like out of control. But a lot of men don't have a lot of chest hair to begin with. Or it's light, and so they feel like, eh, it's hardly visible, right? I mean, take a walk on a beach. There's bo- bodies coming all shapes, sizes, and hair amounts. So maybe those people just didn't find the need. Maybe they're blondes. Their hair's so light, and they figure, nah, you can't really notice that much hair around the nipple. It's fine. I mean, I've been to the beach, too, and I've been walking down the street and past the parks and stuff. I don't see a lot of that big, bushy chest hair growing anymore. I have to think that more guys are doing it. But I also think it's in part because of the technology that's available. It never used to be something common, uh, but now they've got shavers specifically for men. You've probably heard the ads that we used to have here on the pod. That's right. So I, I do think it's easier I feel like that number is a lot higher, but it is a weird thing to do for a guy to go in and shave his chest. Do you do it in the shower? Do you do it? What if you got bumpy nipples? So outside? You, do you do you like um, does that is that a problem? Probably. Well, see, I've got that manscape thing. That was the product I was talking about. And it actually has a, a thing on it. So it's almost impossible to cut yourself. Oh, like it's like a shaver, if you will, kind of thing? It's, like a, it's electric? They call it their skin safe technology. I don't know that it's skin safe because you can cut your 
nutsack with it. Okay. But, but that's much more fair skin. But for a guy, if he just wants to rip across his chest and do that, yeah, it's a fairly straightforward, easy thing to do. And you shouldn't cut yourself, even if you have bumpy nipples. If you're, if you, I mean, there's a lot of options there. You could wax. You could laser. Okay. I, I realize that women go through so much when it comes to their grooming routine. And, and waxing is one of the more efficient ways to get it done. But it's quite painful. But one thing ladies typically don't do is get their nipples waxed. I don't think that happens very often. That's a problem that's more common amongst men. Sure. I would agree. I would think waxing the hair around a man's nipples Ah, is going to be one of the most painful things you can do. Sure. Now, the chest might be okay. The nipples, not so much. And I'd also be worried they'd rip the whole fucking nipple right off. So I don't know that that's a good idea to be experimenting with that. But either way, Rip the nipple off. What let's clean it up here, gentlemen. It it's is? summertime. It, it's it's hot guy summer, and you can't be walking around with that big puff of hair everywhere. I'm wondering if this survey was done, but it's women answering for men if there would be even, even higher result. Because women will talk about their men's hair all the time. Really? Yep. Yeah. What, what, or what do you talk about, though? Well, a lot of. <laughs> well, no, send them to get it fixed. You know what I mean? Like my laser girl tells me all the time. And anytime I go to a spa, they'll talk about how usually if guys are showing up or sugaring. Sugaring, by the way, is another really, really popular one. I've heard about that. I don't even know what that is. It's like a much gentler way to remove the hair. I've I've actually never done it, to be honest with you. But apparently it's a lot gentler, especially in the hoo-ha area. Really? Yeah. Anyway. I wouldn't mind getting my hoo-ha done then. Get your hoo-ha done with sugaring. Yeah. And and a lot of the time, though, I always ask because I'm curious. So do you have a, you have a lot of male clients? Good. I like to hear that. That's great. People are comfortable coming to you, <laughs> coming to you. And most of the time they're bringing their spouse with them and it's mm. a female. Yeah. Okay. It's now, interesting. And it seems like they're like, do it. You know what I mean? Go get your, whatever it is. Maybe you're getting something lasered or something waxed or something sugared. You, it's almost like you're being encouraged. Now, is the woman going to support the guy or is the woman going like drag your kid down and say, you're going to do this? like ABC, like this is what I want done in this area. I'd like to see it. Here's the floor plan, basically. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I want the couch. Did this one up in AutoCAD. Yeah, it's yeah, great. This one's where I want the lamp. Make sure that it shines and reflects nicely against this framed print I got. <laughs> well, the reason I'm asking is because my stylist tells me all the time about the amount of women that bring their man in for a haircut and we'll tell her here's how I want his haircut same thing really same thing goes I know I'm always curious about it as well my husband has never had any of that done I'm good with his hair situation I just couldn't picture myself doing that being like nope the back is a big one like they usually drag them in there kicking and screaming gotta you gotta get that back waxed before you know beach season for example or pool season let's go let's fucking go it's amazing to me. It's great. It's hilarious. Huh. I'm wondering what would be more important to a woman. And it might be uh, unique to each individual woman. Probably. But yeah. is, is it, do you care more about what people see or what people don't see? Where, which hair do you want gone right. more? So I'm or, curious about that. Or flip it and say it's what you prefer. You know what I mean? Like, ah. well, I'd like it if you were like this. So it's not about people. It's about me. Is what I'd like to see. Lifehacker.com just did a whole write-up on an unfortunate situation that maybe you yourself have been in. You go into a bathroom and and you sat down and then realized once it's too late, ah, shit, there's no toilet paper. Now, the first step, obviously, is to ask someone in the next stall, hey, could could you spare some TP? But if that's not an option, what do you do? 
So here's Lifehacker's five different strategies for how to deal with that situation. Number one, this is your first. Use the cardboard roll. They say it's uncomfortable and it won't do a heck of a lot, but it's an option. The cardboard roll that the toilet paper was on when there was toilet paper. Yep. You can just rip that right down the middle and you can use that in place of toilet paper. I don't know a single person that's going to rip up the fucking roll and start wiping their butt with it. I'd rather just be wet. (laughs) I'd rather just go uncomfortably for the remainder of the day. They say, check your pockets for paper. Things like old receipts or old wrappers could work. Who the hell is hanging on to a wrapper from anything that they could use to wipe their butt? Like, oh, shit. Good thing I didn't throw away the cheeseburger wrapper from McDonald's. And where does it end, right? I mean, wrapper, receipt. Receipt's too hard. You can't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. But I I would definitely be a purse rummager. Absolutely. What do I got in here? What do I got? Let's see. Cash. They say, oh, stop. They say it'll be the most expensive bathroom visit of your life, but it's the most common type of paper that we carry around. So hopefully you've got yourself like a five or a $10 bill and you can give a white. You can tell Lifehacker is basing this on America because they don't have that polymer money that we have here. That basically using like a Canadian five or $10 bill, one of the new ones to wipe. That's not going to be comfortable. They suggest <laughs> if you have one with you, Use a water bottle as a makeshift bidet. Sure. And just give yourself a splash. Just splash. They say it's very European. Just make sure you throw it away and don't drink from it again. Can you imagine? Well, here's a situation. I'm in the bathroom and it's too late to get up. I've already started going. No toilet paper in here. I don't have any paper. So I'm going to have to use the water bottle and make myself a bidet. (laughs) That's insanity. You could also play the game, and I don't know if it's on the list. You could also play the game of what article of clothing can I go without today? Number five, sacrifice your wardrobe. (laughs) I knew that might be on the list. They say if you're desperate, things like socks, underwear, and undershirts will get the job done. Just don't flush them. Okay, I mean... Oh, duh. Come, are we dumb? Who, who thought, who's stu- well, who's I wiped stupid? my butt with my undershirt, so I'm just going to stick it in the toilet and flush. It's not, that's not how it works. Anything I wipe my ass with goes in there. So, that counts. <laughs> you want to get rid of the evidence, though, right? I'm sure that that's what they mean. Because if you do that, if you're in that horrifying scenario, you want to get rid of the evidence. But there's garbage bin. Use the garbage bin. I mean, you're still partial animal, but at least be like a respectable animal. Just hanging on the hook it, on the back <laughs> of the door. So everybody, oh, so the next person can use it too because there's still no toilet paper. It's a flag to let people know, no paper in here. <laughs> That's another thing. That's another thing I need, I need to mention. Like I know for guys it's different. You only use toilet paper if you take a shit, right? Right. For women, we use it for that, for, for peeing, for whatever it is. We use it for all kinds of reasons. Be polite if... There, if you're in public and, and hell, even if you're at someone's house, they're out of toilet paper, let someone know. And by God, if someone's about to enter a stall after you've just left it using the end of it, let them know, hey, I might have used the end of it. Don't be that jerk. You, uh, <laughs> that's good advice. So you mean as you're walking out of the stall and someone and else is walking before. in, you, you give them the whole, hey, I heard there's no toilet paper in that No, one. I heard. I mean, you <laughs> just know. Just an FYI. That's the thing is like, or you, you just say, I use the last of it. 
I use the last of it. But then you kind of feel like an asshole for using the last Why? of it. Why? Well, you're would. supposed to sit there dripping. At least you're telling the person next, the next person. What are you supposed to say? Oh, fuck it. There's only three squares left. I'm going to give it to whatever stranger is out there that's coming into this stall. No, no you're I'm not. just saying that if you're, you're using it. I, but I would just feel bad if I were the one who used it and there was nothing to replace it with. I don't feel bad using it, but if I use Let up all know. of it. But just I why? Them. There's still the other side of the t-shirt that they can <laughs> use. <laughs> Okay, the bad news is we're out of toilet paper. The good news is I only used the top half of this t-shirt to wipe. (laughs) Jeez. Uh, Last thing. If you thought the biggest risk of drinking a margarita on a hot summer day was a bad hangover, then think again. A cocktail in or on the wrong hands has resulted in severe burns. It's a girl who on TikTok who told the story and showed off the video evidence and she's warning about the hidden dangers behind limes when you're making drinks in the summertime. Hidden danger. Dun, dun, dun. She says, PSA, don't cut limes, then go into the sun. I now have second and third degree burns and blisters on my hands. Uh-huh. Her hands were bandaged up in the video. She's also peeling like crazy, and she has burn marks on her stomach from lime juice that splattered. She said, I will never make mojitos at the beach again. Oh, what a shame. Mojitos at the beach are the best kind of mojitos. (laughs) (laughs) Shanna says, lime juice burned her skin after making beach cocktails. Several days later, her hand was red and peeling. She says, I rinsed my hands. I washed them with soap and water. But unfortunately, this can still happen. The condition is called phyto... I can't even say that. I don't even think there's fucking vowels in that. Uh, (laughs) She says, it's a surprisingly common skin reaction that ranges from painless pigmentation to excruciating blisters. According to Clarissa Yang doctor and chair of dermatology at Tufts University. Well, I mean, it's, that's something to keep in mind. So I'm trying to figure this out. So she's cutting limes for her mojito and she got some on her hand. Does that somehow like amplify the sun or is just the fact that it was wet? Is it the citrus acidity. that the sun is attracted to? Yeah, I'm wondering. And if, then if that's the case, if it is acidity, then should that not be for every single f- acidic fruit, which there are plenty of? Like what if it was lemons or is there just something to limes? Uh, well, she only did it with limes. I'm assuming it's probably going to be any fruit in that family. Yeah. But think about that. As she was cutting it up, the juice squirted a little bit and she got some on her tummy. It burned in the spot that she got it on there. Yeah, Holy yeah, shit. Yeah. I didn't know it was that wow. potent. They should sell that as a sun attractant of some sort. If you want to, if you hate yourself. Well, <laughs> we all know somebody who goes a little overboard on the tanning. Sure we do. If you tell them lime juice apparently is like the sun on steroids, they're going to go out and buy every lime they've got available. Yeah, and when you're scary. at the grocery store, look for the cone and thank me later. Mm. We're going to go, everybody. Full circle. Have a great day. We will catch you right back here with another episode of After 9. By the way, our summer hours are amazing for us, but a little fucked up for consistency. Yeah. So tomorrow, we'll tell you a little bit more uh, about what's going to happen with After 9 this summer. Have a great day. Bye. The FDA just announced that they're banning Juul e-cigarettes, and now vapors are rushing to hoard them. <laughs> well, they're, they're rushing, but stopping every few feet to catch their breath. <laughs> Some business news, uh, the company that makes Oreos is buying Cliff Bar for almost $3 billion. They offered to buy Nature Valley Bars, but the deal completely fell apart. (laughs) 
Well, according to a new study, nasal swabs are still the most effective way to test for COVID, while the worst way is to breathe on your friend's face and go, does this smell like COVID to you? This summer, instead of buying your kids new ketchup popsicles, just admit you hate them. That's right, kids. Enjoy your frozen ketchup treat, because if you think it can't get worse, I've got two words for you. Mayo pops. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.